Hello there. It's another episode of Chatting Chippewas, and we combine winter sports and spring sports. As we're sitting in the middle of February, we're getting ready for the weather to turn. So we talk some Central Michigan softball with fifth-year head coach McCall Salmon. She's got a really talented group, as you'll hear it. They really like this squad in 2024, and they've got an experienced senior class and uh, a really talented freshman class that'll try and come together and uh, get Central Michigan a MAC championship. They finished third last year. They finished in the semifinals the last couple of seasons at the MAC tournament. So their season gets underway this weekend. Also this weekend here in Mount Pleasant, it's the toilet paper toss. Second straight year, uh, Chippewas have done it. Last year it was a crazy win against Western Michigan, 70 to 69. CMU came back over 5,400 fans, packed McGurk. So we brought on Chris McMillan, the third year assistant. He obviously got to take it in last year, and you'll hear it was one of the better environments he's ever been a part of as a coach or as a player. So we'll start with softball as they get started this weekend. Here's head coach McCall Salmon. All right, softball season is almost here. Looks like you've got a really exciting group here in 2024. I think excitement is definitely high on the list of things how I would describe this Team 46. Um, you know, We've been preparing since, uh, since September for this, and to see them finally compete against a different squad will be um, something that, you know, exciting, but they've worked for. Um, and like I told them yesterday, it's go time. But um, great group of returners, great group of new kids. Uh, I think overall chemistry and connection are, are huge, and, and they've definitely displayed and bought into what we're trying to do here at Central Michigan. And um, the one thing I really love about them is, you know, they play for each other, and um, they love wearing the Chippewa uniform and embracing, you know, just being Chippewas. Let's start with the senior class. Um, what has made them have the success that they have in their time in Mount Pleasant? Well, when you recruit kids, it's always talent-based, right? And then you got to find the other intangibles. And I think the senior class, we challenged them at the beginning of the year, um, really focus on leading themselves first in order for them to lead their teammates. We don't have captains, so a lot of times it falls on the seniors. Um, you know, and, hey, what do you want to make this? Um, leave this program better than you found it. What mark are you going to leave? And that's not statistical-based. That is teammate-based, um, impact-based. And they've bought in, and they've also finished their last two seasons on the same field in the same situation with the same feeling um, and they want something different this year. So we told them you got to do more than you've ever done and it's going to be harder than you've ever had to work. And they've bought in and have done everything we've asked of them up until this point. You talk about those last two years being in the one spot from the championship game or championship series. Have you seen that drive from them to try and get a little bit more as you're talking about this season? Definitely drive there. I think they, they know what they have to do in order to, to get to that next point. Um, but our philosophy and our standpoint is just trying to stay focused on CMU, um, being the best versions of ourselves and getting 1% better every day. You know, we talked before about, you know, what are your goals at the end of the season? Obviously, um, you want to have championships in that conversation. But if you don't take care of your job on a daily basis, you're never going to have that conversation. So really just staying focused on that 1% mentality and being the best versions of ourselves every day. 
how about just from a vocal standpoint? As you mentioned, no captains, um, but I'm sure you're expecting the seniors to help groom the younger squad and including this great freshman class that has just come on. So how are you seeing in that aspect uh, their leadership qualities? Well, one piece that is unique is we have a, a senior, um, Abby Tolmy, who also has a sibling, Kira Tolmy, who's a freshman. Um, so I think it was really easy from the beginning for our seniors to buy into that freshman class and, and bring them on to, when I say, you know, adapting to college, but also showing them and telling them what it's like to be a Chippewa and the expectations that we have um, for this group. So, you know, the freshmen, um, they definitely have a lot of talent, but what I think is um, they just work hard, you know, from the weight room to practice. Um, no one thinks that they're entitled or um, they deserve anything. Everything they get is going to be earned and top to bottom. That's our philosophy and that's what we're seeing. But, you know, our, our seniors, yes, they have a, a lot of experience on the field, but they're, they're grooming and teaching others um, as we prepare and get ready for this first weekend. So, um, you know, I just can't say enough about them, um, including, you know, we, when you have two seniors that are in year five and then um, the others year four, it's, you know, it's a combination that you want to get to at this point, especially for us as a staff, you know, this being, you know, our first group that has only ever played for us. You mentioned uh, having two Tolmies now. I mean, Abby has been great for you. She was uh, arguably your best hitter last year right at the top of the order. What's it like to have two now and kind of see them work together and both be a part of your squad? Well, two is always better than one, right? <laughs> so um, it's just, you know, they're they're both phenomenal athletes, but they're phenomenal people. Um, you know, I think they invest in their teammates and want the best for everyone around them. So I think that radiates, you know, we talk about bringing positive energy. And if you surround yourself with positive people, um, you're going to mimic and, you know, have those types of traits yourself. And, um, you know, they add to that. And we're just extremely excited. I know their parents are excited um, to only have to be in one spot to watch both of them. But, yeah, it's uh, and one thing that they didn't get because of COVID. Um, so Abby has never get, gotten to play with her sister. So I just it's a unique thing, and it's a special thing. And, you know, that's why we love sports, right? And it's very cool to have that connection formed even prior to, to coming here to CMU. And as you mentioned, not having a chance to play together in high school because of COVID and now being able to do it kind of in this full circle moment at the D1 level, it's pretty special. Um, it's extremely special, and I can't wait to see um, it unfold on the field for them as well. So. Okay, so we talked about the senior class. I, I want to talk a little bit more about this freshman class because it's a top 40 class from 2023. So first off, let's go back to that. How did you assemble this class with, with so much talent and great character as you're talking about? Great character indeed. Um, a lot of work, but I think, you know, when we had the opportunity to hit the recruiting trail, once COVID and restrictions were lifted, we knew pieces we needed to find and we knew the kids we wanted um, to bring in and, you know, just selling our brand, selling what we have and, you know, them wanting to be a part of it was key. Uh, but I think, you know, across the board, um, they, they had to want to be Chippewas and, you know, on our side of things, they saw what we were trying to build and grow here, and, and they wanted a part of that. But, you know, from pitching to uh, behind the plate to outfield um, to infielders, I think they're all um, 
special in their each way. Um, so we'll see what they do once we get the opportunity to compete, but we'll have some, some freshmen in key spots um, right off the gate and, you know, but they've played softball then their entire lives and we've practiced for six months now and um, they're ready. You know, I think, yeah, we can label them as freshmen and they may make some mistakes initially just adjusting to the speed of the game, but I, I really think they're going to settle in and um, do great things um, during their time here at CMU. It's great to have that competition too, right? I mean, you mentioned how good this senior class has been and how much they've contributed, but to have freshmen that are competing for spots and potentially having those spots right at the start, I mean, that's just going to make the team better. Definitely. And, um, you know, I think we talked about our seniors, but our, our junior class is very experienced too and have uh, tallied a lot of innings and there'll be a lot of expectations from them. And, you know, our sophomores are providing various pieces to the puzzle as well. And um, I think Bryn Elson-Peter will be someone who um, we look to have more time on the field and has been, you know, offensively um, producing significantly these last two months. Um, so excited in that area. So there's just a lot of pieces. And um, I think you can tell by, you know, just chatting here now, um, CMU softball is, for 2024 is – you know, going to be one to watch. Yeah, it seems like it's year five for you, but it's technically year four. You, you didn't get 2020, obviously. You only played 19, 20 games. Do you feel like the momentum is is building or is almost there to where you want it to be for this, this program to kind of take off? Uh, absolutely. You know, once again, as coaches, we, we talk to them. We want them to be player-led and coach-fed. Um, and with that, trying to provide them the pieces and, and now – the blueprints there. How how are you going to build the house? Um, that's an analogy we use at the beginning of the year. Every single team before them has has left their building, left their mark. So how do you want to construct and build following that blueprint, but also making it yours? Um, the pieces are there, and I, I do think you know this is the most talented team we've had since we've been here. And now there's other intangibles that have to come together to allow them to perform on the field. But it, it's an area where um, you know. Practice is the hard part. Games are the fun part. So let's see what you can do. That's a pretty big statement to say that this is the most talented team you've had since you've been here. So in that aspect, what do you believe makes it so talented? Um, depth at each, each position. I think, you know, defensively last year we were ranked in the top 15 nationally. Um, so I think our defense has always been strong. It's just offensively, you know, we lost 16 games last year um, between, you know, one and two runs. So I think, you know, producing – offensively and you know winning those tight games this team I think is is built for that and can provide that now um, we got to see how they react and perform on the field with it but uh, so offensively I think adding to you know that piece will be big for us um, depth on the mound um, versatility within our pitching staff I think you know it's not just one or two pitchers it's a staff that we have and they complement each other well um, and we're excited to, you know, see them work and perform and, um, you know, do what they can to put us in a position to win every single game. So, Softball is unique because you can pitch uh, one or two pitchers for a ton of time and, and be good with that. But as you mentioned, great to have more depth. Ideally, how many pitchers would you like to use in a rotation? Well, I think it's you know, we always have a plan going in. Um, we'll we'll have a starter and we'll have a relief pitcher, but, you know, potentially, you know, we could say, hey, you're going to be middle relief, and then we want to potentially look at you for closing. But 
it's all situational. We can have a plan and, and things can change within that plan, but um, having them prepared and ready um, is key. So, you know, we may, we may use one pitcher game. We may use two, we may use three, um, whatever we need to get the job done is um, something we'll, we'll tap in from a coaching staff perspective, but I think we have the group that's prepared to, to give what they need in any situation. How much of a luxury is it to have someone like Grace Lato back who uh, led you in strikeouts last year and was a first-team All-Max selection? I mean, it's huge. Not only – I mean, we can talk about her accolades all, all day long, but um, Grace as a teammate and Grace as a leader is provides more for us as a team than she does, you know, just from a statistical aspect. Um, you know, what's exciting is she just got into med school um, here at CMU. And Skylar Coberly, one of our other seniors, just found out this week that she got into law school. So um, not only are these guys great softball players, but, you know, they're going to do well in life after softball. Um, and, and those are the, the exciting moments and kind of, you know, as coaches, why we do this, right, to, to see them hit those marks on the field, but also um, in life and off the field for their goals. So but, you know, Grace is obviously going to be our force and um, she's going to have some some heavy support behind her to allow her to do her thing, but also know that it's not all on her. Um, and she doesn't have to be perfect every pitch. She just has to, you know, give us our, our her best and um, let everything else work from there. It's important to, I mean, you're, you're obviously coaching them in softball and hoping they'll be great on the diamond, but also helping them succeed here collegiately and then onward in life. So how are you taking that time to get to know them, as you mentioned, and just realize who they are as individuals and what they want to do outside of softball because I mean you're obviously busy your coaching staff is busy but that's part of the job I mean it's 100 percent we we always say we're going to care about you more as a player or sorry more as a person than as a player um and that's our goal when we talk about recruiting um you know this freshman class we made that clear like we're gonna we're gonna take care of you we're gonna value your mental health um and from there Athletics will take care of itself, but, you know, I think as a staff, especially, you know, my two assistants, um, Coach Driesinger and Coach Merchant, they, they're bought in when it comes to relationships and making sure that, you know, our players are taken care of and um, whether that's individual meetings or, you know, just check-ins with a text here or there, but, um, you know, I think it's one area where when we bring recruits on campus and we have them meet with our players, that our players, you know, radiate that and, you know, give that to recruits saying, you know, like, no, we, one love is our philosophy for the year. Love is one of our core values. Um, and, you know, we are a team that doesn't shy from love. We're going to love hard and um, it's not always going to be great, but, you know, we're going to work through it because we do love each other and we um, wholeheartedly want the best for the person to our left and to our right. What do you think you've learned the most in being here through your first four years getting ready to start this season? Well, one thing I tell my players is it's going to be hard. You know, you've got to work harder than you ever have. And I think the same thing here, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard work. Um, competition is tough. And uh, But once you relax, and the game is the game, right? And don't make it bigger than what it is. And just trust your preparation. And I think we prepared really well. So that's what I look for them to see. I look to see from them this weekend is, you know, trusting their preparation. Don't don't expect perfection. We play a game of failure. Um, how do you react from it? Um, how do you keep your mind and, and your, you know, your blood pressure calm in, in pressure situations? And um, I'm looking forward to see them, 
seeing what they can do in those situations too. So you've been through this so many times coming from Davenport and now at CMU being in the state of Michigan in this cold weather before the season starts and really not having that opportunity to, to see what they're going to look like until they hit the field for the first time coming up later this week. So how have practices been? How have, has the buildup been leading into this next season? I think practices have been great. Um, you know, we practice a lot and every practice we get is an opportunity to get a little bit better. So We've got two more before we play, and we're going to take advantage of those opportunities. Uh, Michigan has allowed us to be outside um, more than we've ever been. To have them on dirt um, I think will be huge. Even yesterday in practice, just, you know, the sun was positioned perfectly where outfielders just seeing that ball outside. Um, it's different than being inside, but I think, you know, getting them out a little bit has been helpful and um, getting on the dirt again. But I think indoor-wise, you know, we always make the most of whatever area we have, and um, we're a high repetition uh, institution when it comes to practice. So they've they've definitely put the reps in, and um, you know we'll we'll see how things come together here this weekend. But you know it's the first weekend; it's five games. We have a lot of games ahead of us, and you know we're going to take it one pitch at a time, and you know just really work on our growth. That's our goal for the weekend. Have you peeked at the weather yet in South Alabama? How's it look down there for you guys? Definitely haven't looked at the weather. <laughs> I always say, you know, at this time is when my AccuView Acu weather app probably gets the most uh, hits on it because, you know, it's just constant check. But, no, it's looking good mid-60s. Um, the one thing you want is no rain. And so I think, you know, we should have some great weather um, playing down there. But definitely going to be some tough competition. Um, all four teams that we're playing, you know, they've – opened up last weekend so they have a few games under their belt we'll see some great pitching we'll see some great defense and um you know that's what we want I think preparing a non-conference schedule that sets us up for success in MAC play is key so um I think that's what we've constructed here and you know looking forward to tackling it it is EKU and South Alabama doubleheader for the Chippewas, uh, 4 o'clock and 6.30 this Friday and then it'll be EKU again on Saturday at 12.30 followed by UAB and NIU on Saturday and Sunday, those four teams that you're playing. You mentioned it. Uh, there's there's probably going to be some mistakes. It's it's not going to be, uh, you would think, your best softball of the year because you're going to grow, hopefully, and get better. So what are your expectations going into this first weekend? For each player to give us everything they have, um, you know, whether that's in the dugout, on the field, um, offensively, on the mound, whatever, whatever you got, that, got for that day, we need 100% of it. Um, you know, I want... I'm going to look at, you know, our dugout and our bench. You know, we say it all the time. We have more players on our bench than we do on the field, so they're going to win and lose us games by, you know, how locked in, um, engaged, and how their energy is. Um, players on the field will feed off them. So um, seeing that piece come together is one you can't really mimic in practice. Um, so we'll be looking there. I think, you know, once, like I said, how are we going to respond in tough situations? when you know we're down by two or up by two and you know it's the final inning how are we going to respond in those um, pressure situations um, which we've worked on in practice too so just seeing it game like and then um, you know I just think the number one thing I always say is just having fun like they've worked so hard and I, I talk about practice but you need to see these girls in the weight room they they're beast um, they have committed to that piece of this puzzle knowing strength wise um we had to get stronger um, and sustain that strength. And, you know, I've, I've just seen them every day put in the work. So it's just exciting to see them, what they can do on the field, um, top to bottom. So those are, some, 
those are a few key pieces we'll look for. But, um, you know, obviously we want to be consistent on the mound, consistent at the plate, um, and, you know, just get, get better this weekend and, you know, hopefully be playing our best softball in May. You mentioned in there you got to have fun. You know, it's a game, it's competitive, it's hard. As you mentioned, there's adversity, but at the end of the day, you got to have fun. For you, having softball as a massive part of your life, how much fun is this still for you as you head into another season? I always say if it's not fun, then I, I shouldn't be doing it, right? Mm -hmm. um, the This team, they just bring so much joy every day. Like, I think it is fun. I think, you know, they – they're not shy from a laugh or a joke. And, um, you know, I just, I love being around them, um, myself and my staff included, you know, so I think it's just, you know, it's exciting. Um, I don't look at it as a job. I just look at it as a, an, an area that I can come and thrive and, and, you know, grow, grow women to be successful, um, when they leave central Michigan and, um, yeah, fun is number one and we have a lot of fun and, uh, it's going to be good. I know that first home game, I believe, is until March 15th, but um, the good part about that is in building that fun and that chemistry, this team gets to come together on the road over the next, I mean, all the way until, I believe, March 9th, your, your last spring break trip down there in Florida. That This is an important part of the season to kind of build that chemistry and, and get ready for conference play, isn't it? Definitely. Um, you know, as we start traveling, we'll, we'll be on the road a lot, and some of a you know, northern schools, we're used to that, but it is a lot of time on the road. Um, there's other elements that come with that when, you know, from flights and, you know, just basic time to get to the airport. Um, yes, we're playing five games, but, you know, we're traveling all day on Thursday, traveling um, late home Sunday night, and then turning around to leave again the following Thursday. So uh, there's, once again, you can't practice those things. So the freshmen are going to have to get acclimated to travel a little bit, but, um, you know, our returners, they know what it's like. So getting through that grind, but this is what you worked for. I'll say them all the time. I'll say to them all the time, like you chose to be a division one athlete and you chose this grind. So, um, when we embrace the hard, great things happen. And you know, it's, these are the memories you're going to have for a lifetime. You know, that time on the road with your teammates. Um, we read a book, uh, it's called the twin thieves. And at the end, you know, it's, a, it's about a football-based team, but a lot of principles that we've applied throughout the year and um, extremely recommend it for any any team sport. But they bought into that and just knowing that no one's going to care how many, how many home runs you hit or how many strikeouts you had. At the end of the day, it's about the relationships you build and, you know, investing in your teammates. And when you can truly get to that point um, with each individual – the things on the field will take care of themselves because the talent's there. It is, and we can't wait to, to check you guys out and see how you do this year. Best of luck down there in uh, Mobile this weekend and uh, the rest of the season, and please bring back some of that warm weather with you, will you? I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, Chris McMillan, third-year assistant for Central Michigan men's basketball. How you doing? Doing good, man. How you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, you did such a great job filling in on the coaches' show. <laughs> I figured uh, we need to get you back here on the mic. I love the radio. I've got a face for radio. Let me tell you. <laughs> you know what? I hear, the, I hear the same thing. So tell me a little bit about, first off, how the season is going. You guys are playing really well. We are, and, I mean, this is what we envisioned, I think, more so in year two. Um, the turnaround that we've had, I think just with injuries and things like that, you weren't able to fully 
maximize the talent that you had um, in year two. When you talk about Boopy, who's at Wake Forest, Jesse at Oregon, Reggie Bass, freshman of the year. I mean, if that group stays healthy, I think they have this kind of success. So um, now moving forward to this team, they've they've bought in. You know, you you lose a game against Buffalo at home and didn't have a Division One win and you're in a coach's meeting wondering is there another game on your schedule you can win like if that's if that's who we are and I tell you what man this team has just turned the corner and they're what they're doing is they're defending at a really really high level and they've completely bought out to how we want to contest shots and play defense and uh, even when our offense doesn't travel our defense is and it's it's helped us ODU being a, a prime example you know you score 50 59 points and win that's hard to do I think it's 59. Yeah, well, and not only that, but you're winning close games. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that's that's not easy on the heart rate on the sideline, but uh, two double overtime wins and then that one-point win against ODU. Uh, yeah. You guys get, get a little separation the next few games? I or? hope so. I hope so. <laughs> and I'll say this, and I've been around coaching now 15 years. Those two possession games, that comes down to coaching. I mean, Coach Barbie does – an unbelievable job putting guys in positions to succeed both offensively and defensively. So a uh, testament to him and, and what he is and what he's done um, as this transformation continues to go because, you know, I've, I've been on teams where in, in overtime games and one possession games, we're on the other end every single time. And uh, with Coach Barbie, knock on wood, uh, we've been fortunate and in some cases lucky enough to, to come through with the win. How good does it feel? Because you mentioned you faced some adversity. You guys win seven games year one. You win ten games last year. You dealt with injury issues both years. You're trying to build up a, a program. And, and now to see that it's paying off and you're stringing together victories, five-game winning streak, eight and three in the MAC, 14 wins, which doubles the win total from year one. I mean, to see this growth – with the with the same program, that's got to be super rewarding. It is, um, and having been here for all of it is is that much more rewarding for for me personally. And like I say, hats off to uh, Coach Barbie. He's built um, programs before. You know, when he was at Auburn, I'm not Auburn. I'm sorry. When he was at UTEP, he built that up. And so um, to be a part of it. And, you know, metaphorically speaking, helping with the heavy lifting, you know what I mean? There's been a few guys that have been here for the heavy lifting of Brian Taylor. Um, Max has been here and, and Marcus. So um, really happy for those guys and, and really fortunate to be a part of a turnaround because this is, this is, in fact, a turnaround. What are you looking for the rest of the way here as we get ready for toilet paper toss number two in Western sure. Michigan and then, you know, six more games after that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Western Michigan being what's in front of us first, that is – First and foremost, I mean, our, our biggest game is our next game and excited for the toilet paper toss. I think it it's an unbelievable environment. Um, would love to get good enough to where we could do it after the first basket like they used mm -hmm. to do it and take the technical foul and not uh, not be uh, not be worried about that point. But I don't know that we're there yet, especially against a, a really, really good Western team who's, who's they've lost five in a row. But um, when it's your rival, one team can be 30 and 0 one team can be 0 and 30 when the ball goes up it's it's an absolute war and usually a one or two possession game so looking forward to that um that's in the the micro i guess if you will and in the macro the bigger picture uh we've got seven games to go 
14 wins, four at home, three on the road. Let's do something crazy, man. Let's do something crazy that nobody expected you to do. And so, you know, we'll see. That's why they call it March Madness, there's right? No, there's no question. There's no question. So, well, actually, uh, I think Goodman calls it Izzo. He calls March Izzo. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, no, we're excited, man. We're going to keep this thing hopefully rolling and, and get guys healthy. And, you know, you want to get Marcus Harding back sooner than later and Pritch at full strength. And um, I think you, you're scary in March where nobody wants to play you. Well, we're going to come back. We'll talk about the toilet paper toss, uh, kind of to wrap things up with that coming up this weekend. But I want to talk about how you got here because you are uh, a West Coast guy. You grew up in California. You've been at uh, Idaho State. You've been out in Hawaii. Yeah. I know you came to Chicago, but how did we get you yeah. one more state over and get you to Michigan? You know what? I tell guys all the time, um, be kind as you're going through your college journey because you just never know – who can help elevate you? And uh, in 1997, I signed with the University of Wyoming, stepped on campus in 98, played for a guy named Steve McLean, and one of his assistants was a guy named Tony Barbie. So um, I've known Coach Barbie since, God, I was 18 years old. Uh, we only had one season together. But, you know, I felt like I was a good person in college. And so, you know, when you, when you start to reach out and ask for – favors and jobs and things like that it's easy for I think a person to look back and say hey like he was a good person and where is he at in his career and is it is a is it a good fit um and for me it was a perfect fit because my wife's from here um not Mount Pleasant but she grew up in Hillsdale and um when I met her we were living in Chicago you know when you go through the whole beginning of a dating process uh you tell somebody hey listen this, this is my career I'll move wherever um, wherever the job is, it's easier said than done. So I moved her from Chicago to Idaho, which, um, mm. yeah, it was it was it was it was, it was tough. But <laughs> uh, thank God she had uh, faith in me and, and my and my vision and what I wanted to do. And then when Coach Barbie got the job at Central, I asked Steve McLean to reach out, who I worked for at UIC, who's now at Texas. He bridged the gap, and here we are, year three. How cool is it to be for your wife back in Michigan and you kind of see, I'm sure, that joy in her face of being close to home again? Uh, well, you know, when you have kids, you don't realize, and I didn't because in the season you're just so busy, you don't realize how taxing and lonely it can be, you know, for for the spouses of coaches, you know. Like I was blind to it and single for the, the better part of my career. So to know now when I'm gone for four or five days, she can have mom come out, sister come out, my mom will come out anytime. It, it's it's pretty cool and rewarding to see. So now her whole family is here, and um, you know the kids get to grow up together. So hopefully we can be here at Central for a lot longer. Growing up in California and being out west for as long as you were, did you ever envision that uh, it would lead you out to the Midwest in Chicago and Mount Pleasant, Michigan? You know, I I didn't know when I graduated college. I was kind of tapped out from basketball, so. Um, I moved to Arizona and, and didn't think I'd ever want to be around the game again. Um, and then about six years after um, being out of college, I started to kind of miss it and actually watch it again. And I knew when I decided to hop back in in 09 that um, I had to make up for a lot of lost time, you know, not being around it. And I was willing to do uh, whatever it takes, honestly, to keep moving up. So. I was willing to go anywhere. I mean, Hawaii, Idaho twice, Chicago, now here. Um, I like to stay here, you know, for a lot longer, especially with 
um, my wife being from here and then my daughter has Down syndrome. So um, the special needs programs here are unbelievable. And so now that I have kids, my passions and dreams are a little bit different and they're shaped more so around um, them versus selfishly myself. What What's that been like just – as you mentioned, with your daughter having Down syndrome and sure. having the the needs around you sure. to help that situation out, I mean that's a huge part of your decision to take a job or not. No, it's there's no question. And CMU and I I wouldn't have known this. Um, they have some of the best speech programs and, and and special needs programs in the country. Like people fly here from all across the world to be a part of these programs, and so to have it. Um, not only in my backyard, but at a place where I work at and am connected to and have a built-in family, um, can't put a price tag on it, you know. And so, um, you know, I don't know if you have kids, but, you know, when and if you do, you'll understand, like, there's no there's no love like the love a parent has for their child. It's, it, it's undeniable, and, and, and it can't be broken, and, you know, you just you do anything for them, so – um, that's why for me, I'm in no rush to get out of here. I think, you know, Coach Barbie does a great job. I think this is a great town, great place to raise a family, pretty inexpensive to live, no traffic like L.A. So uh, um, it checks off a lot of boxes for me. I love earlier you said you were willing to go to Hawaii. Uh, I don't know how <laughs> many people say willing. That seems like a pretty good destination. I know it's far away, but yeah. what, what was it like to live there for a couple of years? Four years, actually. Um, so that was my second job. Um and I got into coaching. I was a graduate assistant for the first two years, and um, I was grinding my way through the coaching process. I'll never forget it. I was – they paid for my grad school, and my stipend check was $1,000 a month, um, all of which went to rent. So I got a night job as a bouncer in downtown Honolulu. Mm-hmm. And I did that in my, my evenings and would come home at 3, 4 in the morning and wake up at 7 on the weekends and, and just – did what I had to do, man, you know, so I loved it, 85 and sunny every day. As you get older, though, at the time, my family was all on the East Coast. I mean, so you're talking about damn near a 10-hour time difference or five, whatever it was, and so as they got older, just wanting to kind of be closer to them and, and have access to them was, was a lot better. Nighttime bouncer, I feel like you probably have some good stories. Oh, yeah, job. yeah, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I, I, you know, sometimes people get out of, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to cost myself a job here, but uh, you know, people like they want to hang out, and uh, people you look at Honolulu sometimes like Vegas, right? What happens in in Vegas stays in Vegas. Same thing, Honolulu. They come out there, they drink too much, and you know, you have to ask them very politely to leave. Of course, I'm sure it's just as polite if you were needed to. I don't know if Coach Barbie gets a little hot or upset on the sidelines. You, Coach, just sit down, just take take cal- a step calm back. Calm down, calm down. He doesn't he doesn't, he doesn't get mad that much, man. I think uh, he's got a he's got a look where you just know he's upset. But um, all in all, man, he's he's held this team together, man. Hats off to the guy. What's it been like uh, learning under him? As you mentioned, he was your assistant coach for just one year, but yeah. now learning under him as an assistant coach is he has a head coaching job trying to build this program back to the top. Yeah, he is. He's remarkable, man. Like X's and O's, you know, I I marvel at him sometimes because – and he can do it pretty quickly. Like he has an iPad that he watches, and he can literally watch something just a handful of times and immediately just have it figured out and what action we're going to run and how we're going to do it. And um, it, it's incredible to watch it as it works, right, uh, how we're going to attack a, a certain ball screen coverage or how they're going to guard staggers or waves or pin downs. And so um, I've learned a lot. 
And so being able to, you know, have more time with them and be right next to them, especially more now throughout the games as I've been here longer than anybody, like I what I'm learning knowledge wise will carry me for a long time, I think. And cool to have someone like that that does know the game so well that obviously you can learn from as you continue on your coaching career. Oh, there's no question. I mean, I think the minute you think you have it all figured out is the minute you just stop growing, right? And so I look forward to practices and I make mistakes and he'll correct me and um, you don't make that mistake again. I think the best um, the best way of learning is by trial and error, you know what I'm saying? And by going out there and having to teach and he gives us assistance, that freedom to be able to do that. And when we're wrong, he tells us, we fix it and then, and then we move on, right? And so learning underneath him and how he manages the game and, and, and subs and actions, it's, it's been incredible to be a part of and see it. And that philosophy of learning, doing something incorrect and then correcting it or doing something right and moving forward, it seems like from your coaching staff to the team, they've taken that mindset as well, where he coaches it, you might get it wrong, but then they eventually figure it out. And it's kind of like that defensive part where they just sort of figured out how to play 40 minutes of defense once conference play started. It seems uh, like they bought in. It is uh, – it's incredible. You know, like we were sitting here early in the year when you lose to Florida State by what felt like 30 and Creighton, you know, you just – you weren't guarding people. And so they've bought in. And I think part of buy-in, though, you have to – you have to eventually see and and have wins, right? And so when you start to win one and then two, it's like a light bulb goes off in their head of, you know what, maybe this guy does know what he's talking about. And so I think now we've gotten to that point of having complete buy-in on the, on the defensive end. And if we can figure out how to score 75 points a game, I mean, these these one-possession games become 10 or 15 and you're walking away with wins. It flies, doesn't it? I mean, it's cl it's crazy to think we're sitting mid-February right now and the season started back in November and essentially you've got about a month left of guaranteed basketball. Yeah, it's – the older you get, the faster time goes, man. Um, you know, this this business, as fun as it is, it, it can age you and it goes really quick. And like I said before, we'll know it. We'll be trying to build out, you know, a roster again for um, – what is it, 23, 24? Let's see, what year are we in? 24? 24. For 24, 25, it's, it's crazy. It certainly is. Crazy to think, too, that the toilet paper toss was last January, the first one that they brought back to yeah. celebrate 40 years from that first one. And uh, you mentioned it. You've been here every year that Coach Barbie has been here the last three years. You got to experience the toilet paper toss. Yeah. That day, that game, what was it like? Oh, it was, felt like a championship game. <laughs> like just the – anticipation leading up to it and then the crowd was unbelievable and so um the fact it's against western is always a good thing it's a game that you want to win and then it led into the shot by brian taylor and what people don't know is is uh caden vasco was on his visit that game mm -hmm. and so he stormed the court and then he runs off and he's like i'm committing i'm coming here i mean you know, the, the crowd's going crazy and so um, the toilet paper toss has sentimental meaning for, for him and me, quite honestly, because it was pretty cool. Um, he had a, you know, a bit of a roller coaster recruitment and the fact that that was his ending and, and moment to say, Hey, I want to come be a part of this was pretty incredible. What a great day to come and, uh, check out what CMU basketball is all about. Oh, there's no question. We need to have another four or five more visits, uh, this Saturday. So, but yeah, no, we're looking forward to it. I mean, had you been a part of something? I'm sure you've been to some, some great environments and some great games, but to see the place packed, 
the toilet paper gets yeah. all swept up off the floor, <laughs> and then you, you the storybook ending, right? I mean, you're down for 38, 39 minutes, and then BT hits the winning shot. You win yeah. by one. They storm the court. You couldn't have asked for a better ending to what was a crazy day and a crazy game. It's top. It's I mean, I've been coaching now 14 years. It's top. It's top one through four for sure. Of and, and we weren't. We had a losing record. You know, that's that's you know that says a lot about it. It wasn't it, the, the the game itself had no real meaning at that time outside of Western just being our rival, right? And so it always feels good to beat them. But that was that was a fun, cool moment, man. And then I think. I think where we go with it is I don't know what I'll have to check this, the 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 stats, but it would be really cool to have it packed and then have it packed again the next game, right? Because we we know what this place can be, right? And I think this team has earned the right for fans to want to come out and pack it like that every single game, not just for uh, toilet paper toss, right? So on Saturday when they come out, well. The fans have not, you showed your hand. We know you. We know you live in Mount Pleasant. Mm-hmm. We know you can get here. Now we're asking you guys to come out to every game. I mean, this team right here is fighting for a league championship, and every single person in that seat um, matters and is going to be a part of it. Five thousand four hundred twenty-five came out on that Saturday late last January, and, and you said it. I mean, we'll play this Saturday, and then they'll be back home Tuesday against. Yep. A really good Bowling Green team, and there's only four more opportunities to come out and watch this team play at home, and they're they're a big part of that. They're a huge part of that. Let's do it again. Like let's try to sell this place out every single night for for the next four games. Like let's let that be our challenge, and we need the students, and we need the fans, and you know don't just rely on listening to your beautiful voice on the uh-huh. on, on the TV. Um, you know let let's you know put your butts in the seats, man, and, and let's get this place rocking and rolling because. Um, home court advantage is huge, man, and that that energy that the guys get, you know, and then alertness and awareness they come out with, has a lot to do with the energy in the building. So hopefully, we can get it going. I wanted to ask you about the the rest of the staff before we let you go here. We talked about Coach Barbie, but yeah. it, it seems like there is a real connection with with this staff with Coach Cherry, Coach yeah. Niz. How do you like working with this entire group? I think we have a great staff, man. I think the the synergy amongst the staff is, is really good. Um, no, no, nobody is above any one job, and we all go pick guys up, and, I, and I got, I'll pick up Coach Terry or Niz will pick him up. I mean, we're just just trying to win, man. You know, not that the last staff had any hidden agendas. I'm not saying that. I'm saying with these this particular staff, with Coach Niz and Coach Terry, man, it just – um, it just clicked, you know. Coach Barbie made some some home run hires, and Niz has done a great job with special teams. Coach Terry obviously is our offensive coordinator, and him and Coach Barbie together, you know, try to figure out game plans, and they do a really, really, really good job. And so, um, yes, the players have to go out and play, right, and perform, but I think um, with the staff that he's hired, it's allowed those guys to be able to go out and, and do those things. I told Coach Cherry I wanted him to dumb down the whiteboard just one time and just write on there, like, win the game yeah. at the end and just flash it to the players. That's what it comes down to, man. We, we're trying different things so other teams can't get our get our play calls. But, uh, no, they all do a great job, man, and just really excited for where things are going. And, um, like I said, we've got seven to go. We're at 14. Um, let's do something crazy. Let's do it. Uh, did you get hit with toilet paper last year, by the way, at this TP toss? You know what? I, I'm looking now. I must have <laughs> because I see myself at half court standing next to Coach Barbie, so I'm sure something <laughs> did, in fact, hit me. 
And you made it. You survived. Yeah, survived. It was, it was soft. It was soft. As long as so, it's not wet, we're all good. That's right. So throw the TP as uh, as far and hard as you can, and uh, it'll make it down there on the court. Can't wait to be a part of it again. And thanks so much for your time. Best of luck the rest of the way. Appreciate you, Adam. Really appreciate McCall Salmon and Chris McMillan taking time out of their busy days to come and chat with us. Coach Salmon, she is fired up for the season. You could hear it. And listening to her say this is the most talented group that they have had since she has been in Mount Pleasant. Going to be fun to watch here in 2024. And they'll get started this weekend down in South Alabama. First couple of games coming up on Friday. And then for Chris McMillan, he's well-traveled. I mean, he's been all over those uh, – he's been all over the place. He's come from the West and now comes back to Mount Pleasant where his wife is from the state of Michigan. She gets to be closer to home. And talking about Central Michigan University and the amenities they provided specifically – for his daughter, and they get to experience the toilet paper toss coming up this weekend. So, great to have both of them on. Make sure you're paying attention to everything going on in CMU Athletics. Big weekends. Everybody, it seems like, is uh, ready to go. I mean, we've got softball and gymnastics and baseball get started. Track and field, lacrosse, men's and women's basketball. I mean, everybody is competing either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So you got the winter sports, you got the start of some of the spring sports. It is a great time to be a Chippewa, and we'll see how they all do this weekend. Hopefully you get out to McGurk Arena Gymnastics on Friday. And then, of course, we've got women's basketball Saturday afternoon, followed by men's basketball and the toilet paper toss. Have a great rest of your week. Fire up chips. Fire up chips.